Amen. So thank God that the Lord saw fit that man needed reconciliation. He needed a Redeemer who is Jesus Christ our Lord. And because of that, we enjoy this unique privilege of being able to assemble together in this house of worship today to honor Him in spirit and in truth. Greet your neighbor, say hey, give them, amen, wave at them across the auditorium today and tell them how delighted you are to have them in the house of worship with us on today. Our glory to God, we understand that we are just days away from the greatest celebration in all of humanity, and that is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you believe that timing is everything? Come on, can I get a witness from somebody? Do we believe that timing is everything? We started out on this morning, uh, uh, the song said, and I began to say, oh my gosh. Began to look up there, and I said, oh heavens, my daughter said, I hope you know the words. I said, oops. I said, oops. I know you didn't. I don't use a paper. Thank you. Hallelujah. I looked at Sister Linda and I'm like, timing is everything. Come on, I'm telling you that if that car's not in timing, it doesn't run right. Am I right, somebody? It's a terrible thing for a V8 to be missing a cylinder, but even worse for a four-cylinder to be misfiring. It sounds like a tractor puttering along. You know, sometimes that's how we offer God worship, like we're missing something in the timing. Sometimes we offer God this lackluster effort in our worship and praise. But we're singing about a God who's done everything for us. We're singing about a God who has made all provision for us. We're worshiping a creator who above all things had us in mind. Now I wonder who could just give God some radical praise in this place. Come on, I'm going to give you about a 30 second praise break just to give God some radical praise in this place. Come on, give Him praise like you really mean it. For truly He is worthy. He's worthy. Come on, the Bible said there are angels around the throne right now who are worshiping God. And the more that we worship Him, the more that we add to His value and to His worth. And as soon as we do that, amen, it gets God's attention. For the Word of the Lord said that He inhabits the praise of His people. I don't know what you came seeking today, but I can assure you that God knew before you got here what you needed. I tell folk all the time, you ought to trust him with the future. He's already been there. Amen. I am so delighted today to stand before you, this great group of people at Harvest Church. And many have traveled from afar, praise the Lord, to come and worship with us today. Sister Tasha and Brother Lucas are all the way from Florida. Amen. Welcome them this morning and their family. Brother Kenny and Sister Elaine have joined us today also with some of their other grandchildren. Welcome them today in the service. I usually get in trouble right here because I'll miss somebody for sure. But if you're a first-time worshiper here at Harvest Church, can you give me a wave? If you're a first-time worshiper, all right, then I'll take it. 
that most of us have been here at least one time before. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. My grandson finally got it. He doesn't say hey to Santa anymore. He says, he says, ho, ho, ho. Amen. So I believe that someone's been working with him. And I want to minister into your heart today from a passage of scripture that Paul penned to the churches in the province of Galatia. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. If you'll stand to acknowledge God's word. And I want to piggyback off that thought. Timing is everything. Now I could really go at it from the uh, perspective of sports because I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. But some of you wouldn't get it. Because you care nothing about sports. But I can promise you, squaring up at the plate to face a 95 mile per hour heater, that's a fastball, that if the time is not there, you'll never catch up. Okay? Not many of us have ever faced a 95 mile per hour fastball. But believe you me, it's coming in a hurry. Okay? So I want to piggyback off the thought today when I read these verses. In your presence, I want to piggyback off the thought, time and is everything. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. Lord, for your provision. We give you glory and honor. Thank you for the sacrifice of this great group of people who've assembled together today to worship you. May through the assistance of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we communicate your word in a manner that takes root in their heart. Convicts them of sin and brings them to salvation. Bless all who are participating in today's service and even those listening and viewing by social media. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You might be seated. I want to use for a thought the importance of timing. The importance of timing. When we look at the word importance, we understand that it revolves around the degree of significance. The degree of significance. Timing is the ability to select the precise moment for some action or some movement that will produce the optimum effect. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus today. Because timing is everything. I want to prove to you how important timing is. Everybody ready? Everybody ready on my cue? I want to prove to you how important timing is. Go.
whole viewing world is going to think we've had a technical difficulty. But they're just elapsed 60 seconds or one minute. Do we even consider how much things can change in one minute? Let's back it up even further. Have we even considered how much things can change in one moment? The importance of timing. I say that because when the world was stuck on religion, we got to understand this. At a time when the world was stuck on religion, which was a strict adherence to a body of rules and or regulations. Are you getting with me, somebody? It was a set of organized beliefs, practices, and systems related to the worship of a deity or deities. It was God through the sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who saw fit to redeem us from legalism, to set us free. Is anybody glad we don't have to keep the 600 plus laws of Moses? My God, somebody. Is anybody glad that he even, he even shrank the Ten Commandments? Is anybody grateful in this room today that God loved us so much and he realized how difficult it would be that he, he, he even shrank the Ten Commandments from the 600 plus laws that he gave to Moses uh, to the children of Israel? Then God shrank those and said, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and then love your neighbor as yourself and you will have fulfilled the law and the prophets. Thank God today for God simplifying things for us so that it would make it possible that we would be able to keep his word. Anybody grateful for that? Why did God do all these things? Because he wanted us to enjoy a relationship and not religion. A relationship. There's a big difference, folks. There's a big difference for a relationship is the connectivity, Brother Jeff, that we have with God. And this is what God designed for us. That we would enjoy, Brother Arvis, that fellowship with Him. Even when Saul's zeal for Judaism, an already existing religion in the world at Jesus' time, had reached its zenith or had reached its highest point, his own self-made religious world came crashing to the ground. Anybody understand Saul's pedigree? Amen. He said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Right? He was a Pharisee. Come on, somebody. That self-righteous sect of Jews who held their own interpretation of the law. Nobody else on the face of God's earth were as privileged as they were. But when it came crashing down because it couldn't produce what God wanted with us, Brother Harold. It could not manufacture what God wanted. And what was that? It was a relationship. God wanted a relationship. And when the world systems uh, couldn't produce that, amen, we understand that it came crashing down. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, the Bible says at that time, Saul was his name. He was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. It was then that he went to the high priest. And he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that if he found any who were 
of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly a bright light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. The King James said, It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I want to help you understand what a goad is. A goad, my friend, was a long pole with a sharp metal tip. And what was it used? It was used to poke those oxen as they were carrying out their laborious task. And what was its intention? It was telling that ox, I want you to pick up the pace. I want you to move it along. Amen. I want you to hurry up. And what was happening is, is if when you poke that ox, Brother Harold, with that goad and he would kick against it, what do you think it did? It embedded further in his flesh or in his hoof, intensifying the pain that was already taking place. You're asking me what has that to do with how Saul was persecuting the church? It has a great deal to do with it because what Jesus was letting Saul know is it's going to get harder and harder for you to stand against who I am and what I've come to offer the world. I want you to know that Saul couldn't do it and others before him couldn't do it because with God timing is everything timing with the Lord is everything saints of God Oh my, kicking against that goad only intensified the pain. Somebody said, well, I don't understand, uh, Brother Terry, why he persisted in doing so. I believe in that moment in time that he was challenged for what he had done to Christians. Brother Manny, I believe he was convicted of what he had done to Christians. I believe he saw something, Brother Steve, at the stoning death of Stephen. I believe he saw something. As he consented to Stephen's stoning death. He held the garments as Stephen was stoned to death. But it was in his death that Stephen said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. I believe then conviction gripped Saul's heart because immediately he cries out to the voice that spoke to him, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Glory to God. I want you to know today under the sound of my voice that Jesus came at precisely the right time. Somebody say amen. He came at precisely the right time. We've all at times in our own lives been so busy with activities that we have missed special moments. The world in this particular setting was so busy to even pay any attention to a young girl who was giving birth to her first child. Even though Isaiah prophesied about him over 700 years before. Isaiah 7.14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. For behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. 
and shall call his name Emmanuel. Although this was a historical child, amen, reference here to serve, amen, as a sign of God's presence with his people, this historical child foreshadowed Jesus the Messiah. Somebody missed a good place to shout amen because everything in the old is a foreshadow of the new. Thank God that over several hundred years before Jesus was ever introduced into the world, amen, he already existed. Amen. He occupied his place in heaven with the Father. But Isaiah said, I got some news. Uh, there's somebody coming. Praise the Lord. I got some news for you. It's been a long time in the making, but somebody is coming. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. Amen. I don't know if God had a calendar with a date circled on it, but I do know this. God knew when the time was right. God knew when the time was right. And when the time was right, God sent his son. We have to understand at the penning of this book that Galatia was not a city like Corinth or Thessalonica or Colossae or Ephesus. No, Galatia was a Roman province. And do you know that even the Romans played a major role in the whole process. Can I get one witness? You know the Romans were some of the first civilizations who built highways. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. So even the Romans were assisting and didn't even have any idea that they were taking part in this. But during Paul's day, there were 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. Wow. And the thing is that a buyer could own and use the slave or he could set the slave free. What I want to express to you today is that when God redeems us through the shed blood of his son, amen, he doesn't use us. He doesn't abuse us. But what does God do? He releases us. He sets us free. He gives us, amen, fellowship with him, eternal life, and he grants unto us freedom. Freedom. Oh my. But the Jews taught that individuals had to retain all the requirements of the law. In other words, you could obtain salvation, but you still had to adhere to all the Mosaic law. Well, where I came from, that would be called a formula. A formula means something plus something equals something. Can I get a witness? I want to tell you that it's Jesus plus or minus nothing. Are y'all getting that? I said it's Jesus plus or minus. You don't need anything but Jesus. Help me, Spirit of God. Hallelujah. All you need today is Jesus. Because plus or minus Jesus, amen, that does not equal faith. And what does Paul tell us to the church at Ephesus? In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So I want to tell you today that our, our faith is based on faith alone. And that faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm saying that to say this. We don't have to combine anything else to get what we need. We don't have to mix anything together. We don't have to create a formula. Praise the Lord. Because during the time of Jesus' birth, God knew the world was in trouble, Brother Eddie. God knew the world was in trouble. You know what happened, Brother Barnes? The world, praise the Lord, during the time of Jesus' birth, they were in trouble. There was spiritual hunger everywhere, religious bankruptcy everywhere, old religions were dying, philosophies were fading, and God just stepped in, amen, and said when the fullness of time had fully come, I'm going to send my son. Aren't you glad when we ran out of options? Aren't you glad when we've got no other alternative? Aren't you glad today when we can turn nowhere else that we can turn to Jesus? Come on, amen, God made that possible. Through the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came at precisely the right time. Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Do not think that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all. Is fulfilled. So whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches him, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is simply telling us, praise the Lord, I was born under the law so that I myself could fulfill every claim and every demand of the law on the behalf of humanity. Nobody else could do this but Jesus. No patriarch saint, no person of influence throughout the pages of the word of God, only Jesus. Amen, saints of God, only Jesus. Jesus. Look at Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the, listen, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Somebody say, Jesus did it. Come on, somebody say, Jesus did it. The law was powerless to save. I got news for you, amen. There was nothing wrong with the law. Paul said the law was my schoolmaster. And had the law not been present, I would have been unaware that I was in sin. I wouldn't have even known that I was transgressing against the law of God. So Paul said the law became my schoolmaster. But let me help you with something, friend. You've got to be saved to keep the law. I said you've got to be saved to keep the law. There's no way in the world without the empowerment, Brother Gerald, of the Holy Spirit that we can even do right. Come on, somebody. Paul said, the more that I tried to do good, the more evil was present. Are y'all with me? Let me ask you something. If you could get it right with God all by yourself, would you need Jesus? 
No, you wouldn't. And that's why Jesus came because it's impossible for us to get it right on our own. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We couldn't do it, amen, to save our ever-loving soul. This is why Jesus came. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit empowers us to keep the law. Don't miss the importance of timing. Because Jesus came at precisely the right time. When the world had exhausted its resources, when it ran out of options, God sent Jesus. And he simplified access unto him. Isn't that right, church? Didn't God simplify access unto himself? And how do we access God? That's not a trick question. How do we access God? Is there any other way? Really? With 7.5 billion people on the planet, Jesus is the only way to God. Y'all don't sound too convicted. Some of y'all been entertaining some heresy. I get the feeling some of y'all been listening to some dull stuff. But I got news for you. There's no other way to God except through Jesus. And Jesus said it in the seven I am's of the book of John that exclaim his deity, I am the door. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. That'll preach whether you say amen or oh me. What I love about God is not only did he send Jesus at the right time, God always provides at the right time. Somebody shout glory. He always provides at the right time. Amen. Every time, on all occasions, he supplies or he makes things available for our use. Not only is he on time, he's on time every time and he's always right on time. Yeah talking with a dear sister of our church this week and she was in despair. Oh, she was disappointed that some things just weren't shaping up the way that she'd envisioned. It was in the moment that God spoke to me and said, tell her, I've got the last say. God said, tell her it's not up to them. Come on, y'all. Maybe you've never been there where you were in dire straits and all you had was God. But I've been there, amen. I've been there when it felt like everyone else in the world had abandoned. It felt like I didn't have a friend in the world. I've been there, glory to God, when I had to call on the only one that I knew, amen, was awake 24-7, 365 days in a calendar year. You ain't going to help me. I'll help myself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Amen. I'll come to tell the devil today. Amen. As long as I got Jesus, I don't need nothing else. Yeah. He always provides at the right time. It's pure amazing that at precisely the time that we need an answer from God, he provides it. Whoa, glory. Somebody ought to help me in this room today because I know that at one time or another you've had sick babies and you called on the Lord when you couldn't get to a doctor, when conditions weren't permissible, that you couldn't reach a place, glory to God, of personal care. And all you could do was call on the name of the Lord. <laughs> 
I've been there. I can testify about it. Yeah. And it might get old to you, but it ain't your story. It's my story. And as long as I got breath, I'll tell it. Because there have been too many times in my life. Amen. When God came on the scene at just the right time. Y'all ain't hear me. Oh, my. When your child burning up with a fever. And you can't get out of the house due to snow on the ground. And you ain't got a doctor degree. Oh, my, all you can do is check a temperature. Y'all ain't hearing me. I wonder if you'd ask Israel for over 430 years in slavery. If you could ask Israel, is God always on time? Y'all ain't heard me. I said, if you could ask Israel, do you believe that God is on time? The Bible said, Brother Butler, they were down there in the land of Egypt, suppressed, amen, in slavery for over 430 years. But let me tell you one thing. Just because God has delayed don't mean he has, de he has denied. Hey, somebody. Just because he didn't come when you want him to doesn't mean he's not on the way. Y'all don't want to help me. Woo, you've never been between a rock and a hard place. Just because, amen, God's delayed his answer doesn't necessarily mean that he has rejected you. Oh, i got to preach this while I'm here. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 7. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. Because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up from the land to a good and large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's come down, but God's going to bring you up. Come on, he's come down, but he's going to bring you up. Ask Israel, will he come on time? When you've been suppressed in slavery in a distant land for 400 plus years, ask Israel, will God come through? Oh, God, I, I got to hurry. I feel my help coming. I want to tell you that when the God used those words, so I have come down to deliver them, they were not only for Israel, but they are also for us in the incarnation of the person of Jesus Christ. Am I right? You say, break that word down for me, Pastor. Incarnation. It means when a deity becomes flesh. It means when a God embodies human form. Somebody said it ain't so. I beg to differ. John 1 and 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among him and we beheld his glory the glory 
as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Somebody want to twist this, but I came to tell you John said he was the only begotten of the Father. He is unique and the only one of his kind. God hasn't called anybody else my begotten son. Jesus is the only one. Help me today, Holy Ghost. I come to tell somebody, amen. Don't you tell me God can't do it. I know he can. Woo! Don't tell me he can't do it. I know he can. People want to get on this notion. They even ask foolish questions like, do miracles exist? Are you kidding me? The fact that you breathe on your own is a miracle. The fact that when out of his goodness, grace, and mercy every morning, God wakes you up and you open your eyes, that's a miracle. Because the devil would have tried to kill you. But even in a subconscious state, where you didn't even know you existed, the presence of God was hovering over you. Somebody missed a real good place to shout. Uh, have y'all lost your identity? Are we not Pentecostals? You ain't going to scare nobody if you shout. Some of y'all scared to death of the COVID. Hello? It's quiet now. It's quiet up in here now. Huh? But I want to tell you one thing. When the Spirit of God moved me, COVID or not, I'm going to move. That's right. Now, I'm not stupid. Believe you me. Well, preacher, the Bible said. You know, people can take the Word of God out of complete context. Preacher, the Bible said if I pick up a snake, he won't hurt me. And if I drink any deadly thing, it won't harm it. Yeah, that's exactly what the Bible said. But understand that the Bible meant that it unawares. You mean to tell me if there was a six-foot rattlesnake crawling down here in this floor that you wouldn't pick him up? I said, God ain't told me to, and no, I wouldn't. If I drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt me. I'm not going to turn up a glass of battery acid. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? But I do know if you're on a mission for God and those events would happen to unfold in your life that the hand of God would take care of you. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Timing is everything. Oh my, you don't believe timing is everything? Somebody ought to ask Hezekiah, will God provide at the right time? Isaiah chapter 38, 1 through 5. In those days, Hezekiah was sick. And near death. Y'all know Hezekiah, he was the son of Ahab, all right, who was the king. And the Bible said he got sick, but the Lord sent the prophet whose name was Isaiah, the son of Amos. And he went and said to him, the Lord hath said, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. Somebody say, I love to know what he said. You ready? I said, are you ready? He said, remember now, oh Lord, I pray how I have walked before you. Wow! 
in spirit, oh glory to God, truth with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Don't tell me if the prophet walked in your door, amen, knocked on your front door and said, God told me to come tell you. You better set your affairs in order. You're going to die. Don't tell me you wouldn't cry. Don't tell me you wouldn't weep bitterly in the presence of the Lord. Somebody said, I'd love to know what Hezekiah said. I just read it. And he wept bitterly. Verse 4. Come on, somebody. This is, you don't believe brokenness gets God's attention. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, Go tell Hezekiah, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And I will add to your days. Woo! Glory to God. I'll add to your days 15 years. There's somebody in this room today that's got a new lease on life. The devil had sent, amen, the hedgeman after you. The devil had released, amen, the fury of hell. And you should have died, but God stepped in. I said you should have died, but God stepped in. The Holy Ghost breathed new life into you, and you're still living today. Ask Hezekiah, will God provide at the right time? Go tell the same man you said he's going to die. I've changed my mind. Some of y'all say 15 years ain't nothing. You didn't say that when you were 10. Hello? When I was 20 years old, I called somebody 60. Oh, but guess what? I'm looking it in the face. And it suddenly ain't old no more. Hello, somebody. Whoa, somebody said, what did Hezekiah do? He did not accept that fatal announcement. Did he? Come on now. Y'all, listen, y'all don't look at me like a mule at a new gate now. He did not accept the fatality. He did not accept his death that was pronounced over him in that announcement. But guess what if you ain't lived right? I said, guess what happens if you ain't lived right? If you ain't lived right, you ain't got nothing to say to God. But if you lived right, what did Hezekiah say? He said, Lord, I've honored you. Isn't that what he said? How many of y'all know God got a book? Do y'all know God got a book? And that he's writing it all down? So you're not going to check God now. You're not going to find God in error. You might catch the bank in error. 
You might catch a doctor's office in there. Hey, hey, look at here, look at here. Y'all charge me for a service I didn't get. But you're not going to catch God in error. Huh? Because he's God. Hallelujah. Brother Blue, he's writing it all down. But Hezekiah knew the honorable life that he had lived. So when he turned his face to that wall and he began to petition God, he had some solid ground to stand on. But let me hurry up and help you now. This might, settle on, this might not settle on years too good, but when you've lived like hell, you can't expect heaven. I said, when you've lived like hell, you can't expect heaven. And if this man hadn't lived a life that honored God, there's no way he could approach God the way he did. But instead, in faith, he petitioned the Lord for his healing. Man, I could go on and on and on. But for the sake of time, I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to pause. I just want you to take a peek with me into the promises of God. Can we do that? Can we just look into the promises of God? Because even the promises of God reflect his character regarding time. Everybody with me? Let's go to Deuteronomy, chapter number 11, verses 13 and 14. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season. The early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. Somebody say God will provide at the right time. Won't he do it? Amen. Won't he do it? Do you know that in the land of Palestine, rains come in three seasons? They come in three seasons. Early which are from October to mid-November. Then the heavier rains, Brother Fuquay, from December to January. And then the latter rains from February through mid-March. You know what all these promises were contingent upon? Can I get a witness? What were these promises contingent upon? Israel's obedience to God. So when the land don't produce, it's not God's fault. When the land don't produce, it's because we haven't been obedient. It's because we haven't honored what the Lord has said. Preach, Pastor, while you're there. I'm trying to close. You musicians better come on and get in place. Amen. I'm trying to finish this thing up. But even still today, our God knows what we're going through. And God knows exactly what we need, and when we need it. Don't y'all shout me down now. Even today, God knows what we're going through. And he knows exactly what we need and precisely when we need it. What a God that we serve. But you know what I hear the Lord saying in the spirit? Now. Is the right time. Now. Is the right time. I thought about time. And I thought about a little funny clip. I'd share with y'all. 
Many of y'all seen the old guy on TV dangling the fishing pole with the money on the end. And the young lady. <laughs> young lady grasping for it. He said, oh, oh, you almost had it. Y'all remember that commercial? And you know what his next words say? Oh, oh, oh you got to be quicker than that. You got to be, you almost had it. You got to be, you got to be quicker than that. That's why I like to tell the devils. You almost had me. But you got to be quicker than that. Ain't that right, Brother Gerald? You almost had me. But you got to be quicker than that. Timing is everything with the Lord. And that's why God says, now is the right time. Pastor, can you define the word now at this present moment? Without further delay. Right now is the right time. I would be scared to tell you in my life and ministry how many times that I've heard people say, I'm waiting on the right time. Would it shock you to know that I've witnessed to individuals, their destiny hanging in the balance. And they'd look you in the face and say, I want my mama to be here when I get saved. Or, 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 or my family, you know. But I want to help you with something. You don't pick the time. Only God reserves the right to do that. Hello? I'm waiting on the right time. Let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Anybody know what this was? This was Jesus' first public message. Did he preach love? Did he preach forgiveness? Did he preach restoration? Did Jesus preach reconciliation? But in his first public message, Jesus said, repent. Repent and believe in the gospel. He launched out into public ministry after John the Baptist was in prison by declaring this in his first public speaking engagement. And what was that? Now is the time for salvation. You know how long that's been? Jesus was saying, don't put it off. Don't delay. Right now, in this moment, without further delay, is the time for salvation. Look at 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. 
For he says in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. For behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul implies, listen saints of God. Paul implies that because life offers no guarantee. You saw how silent it was in that 60 seconds at the beginning of this service. It was a period of inactivity. There was no noise. There was no movement. Nothing was going on in this congregation for a a minute. Are you following me? It felt like an eternity, didn't it? You know why? Because everything is just so, everything just flows. I mean, everything just flows. And so when there's downtime, it's out of the ordinary. And we start, we start looking around like, who missed the cue? Somebody, what happened? I just want to tell us, even though that felt like an eternity, 60 seconds is just a moment. And none of us are guaranteed our next breath. You can be under the sound of my voice today and you can think that you're the picture of health. Am I right? You can look like Mr. Universe and drop dead. Is that not the truth? Have not we witnessed it? Both young, middle-aged, and the elderly. Brother Joseph said, Brother, Brother Joseph, Brother Terry, that sister has not died. I said, yeah, Brother Joe. She was just with us. I'm not saying this, Brother Tommy, Brother Buddy, Brother Tim. I'm not saying this to bring you more heartache. I'm just simply saying how that we can look so full of life one day. We can look like we're going to live forever. And life be taken from us. You can't call out to God from a grave. When your eyes are closed in death, your fate is forever sealed. There's nothing you can say or do. That would change your eternal destiny. You say, Pastor, why are you telling me this? Because now is the right time. Because now is the right time. Paul said, look, we got no guarantee. We got no guarantee of tomorrow. So today, right now, in this present moment, it's the acceptable time for sinners to respond to the invitation of the Lord for salvation. We don't have to live Not one more moment separated from God and His blessings. One moment changes our eternal destiny. One moment. Stand with me all over the building. Our ushers are coming.
I wish I could have did better. But I did my best. I just need somebody to know today Jesus loves you. That he loves you unconditionally. And there's no time like the right time. And the right time is now. You know what? God in the form of his son, he gave us the greatest present of all time. But you know what would thrill the heart of God today? That you would surrender your heart to him, to his service. That you would come to know him in the pardon and forgiveness of sin. Receive the wonderful gifts of salvation here today. So I will go to this extent. I'll go to this extent. I'll beg you today. Don't put off until another time the miracle of God that is waiting for you. Don't put it off till another time. Because now is the right time to accept Jesus. Jesus is God's greatest gift. Hallelujah. Reverence the Spirit of the Lord, would you? Just reverence the Spirit of God that's in this place. We're going to pray for these individuals. Then our team is in place to dismiss you. If you have a need today, the altar of the Lord is open. And you need to come. Hallelujah. the Lord. Listen folks, this is the order of the Lord's Word. I'm not trying to extend this service. This is the order of God's Word. The Bible said if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. Is this not the Word of the Lord? This is God's Word. Amen. And we want to follow that order, anoint where it hurts at, anoint where the problem is. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Lord, we love and bless you because of who you are. One of your names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals us. And today he's able in his power right now. Sovereign God of heaven, we have followed the order of your word. We've anointed this afflicted sister today in your presence. Speak, Lord God, right now to this inflammation speak to this abnormality in the power of Jesus name in the name of receive it in Jesus name just receive it in the name of the Lord God we love you come on baby praise the Lord